and welcome to Back to Turf Talk. The jump season is over. We've got classics this weekend in Britain and in America, although I'm not sure whether we'll talk about the Kentucky Derby Jim. Might give it a, a brief mention. Might give it a brief mention. I mean, what a weekend of racing we've had, what a season it's been, and what a season we've got to look forward to. Yeah, it's, it's been one of the seasons to remember, in my opinion, and at Sandown was the perfect curtain closer for what has been a cracking season. Right, let's get stuck in. They have the upper hand as they come to the final fence. It's Kemboy over from Album Photo. Inside the final 200 yards, Kemboy from Album Photo, who's giving it everything, but Kemboy will win it. Three gold cups in three months for the champion trainer, Willie Mullins. Kemboy. I mean, before we actually talk about any horses this weekend, I mean... The main story of the week has to be the retirement of Ruby Walsh, 39 years of age, one of the all-time greats. I had his, I was having a look at, you know, his statistics this morning. 11 times top jockey at the festival, two Grand Nationals, three Irish Nationals. I think it's two Gold Cups. 59 Cheltenham Festival winners. Yeah, r- ridiculous. Five King Georges. I mean, the best of his generation. Yeah, um, and... Him and McCoy growing up were the two standout jockeys, weren't they? Yeah. And Ruby always had the soft hands, deliver late, beautiful, but he was able to time his runs from the front. McCoy was hell for leather. Power power. All power at the finish. Ruby was the more stylish, elegant-looking jockey, and I, I think he's he'll be sorely missed in the in the weighing room because he's. It it shocked me. I was in. Oh yeah. I was in. Was I wasn't expecting it. The, all the call of him falling off at the beginning of the year and we've always had this thing where Ruby falls off all the time ha ha I, I was shocked and I was slightly upset I was I went quiet for about an hour and that doesn't happen very often <laughs> and I, I didn't know how to take it I didn't think it was real and then I, I was at work at the time and then I was like so who's going to ride Live Love Laugh and what's going to go on who's going to ride Papon on the day of recording now and yeah a, re- a real true not not just a jockey but a nice person I, I, I see from everyone's reaction to him yeah one of the most well loved figures in the sport really just just a complete shock a complete shock but we're glad he's going out in one piece glad going out winning a grade one at one of his local tracks as well I mean we're, we're recording this on Thursday morning so it's a bit of a Bad time for us to properly discuss Punchers Town because it's we're halfway through. So by the time this goes out, some of the races we talk about might actually have already happened. So I mean, before we actually get into analysing any races, should we just touch on Punchers Town briefly? Our thoughts on the first two days. Uh, classical dream, brilliant, and looks a realistic champion hurdle contender. Devastating. I was really impressed with this performance. Ruby gave him. Peach, right. Ruby's last ever Cheltenham Festival winner, and we were there to see it. How, yeah, how well, good was that? Uh, under so two miles round Punchestown, soft ground. He's still a weapon at the age of 11 and claimed the scalp of Min yet again. Yeah, really, really solid performance. We all love Under so, don't we? The and Iron Horse. I couldn't see him not having another season and going again, strong again. You saw his farm in the Clarence House early on. No, I mean, I mean, for all that, Min was an odds on favourite after doing what he did at. You know, in the Melling Chase. Two miles, soft ground round Punchestown. That's under Soul's backyard. Mm. You know, it, it was Minnie who was going to have to come and upset the party, not the other way around. Did you back him? No. I backed Undersoul. Good lad. I I, I couldn't... I, I'm not exactly Undersoul's biggest fan, but I, I had to at the prices. I thought Min was beatable. And it was a... As soon as I saw the rain coming down, I knew. I knew that was his day. Yeah, uh, yesterday, Minella Rindo confirming the form of the triumph. How on earth did he go off fives? How on earth did he go off five to one? He won't, I, I mean, don't, as a, I'm a massive Commander of Fleet fan, and I had Commander of Fleet in a, in a lucky 15 yesterday. But I can't believe Minella Rindo went off five to one. It's a ridiculous prize. I, I was uncarefully selected. I thought they'd planned this race for him all along, and... Manila Indoor looks like a serious competitor next season when he goes over fences. 
Yeah, and Ken Boy, an album photo, the big jewel of the week, and I said Ruby, his last ever ride, comes out on top on Ken Boy, the Punchers Town Gold Cup. And Jim, this is a horse who's going to take a lot of beating next season in the Gold Cup. Well, I'm not quite sure I'm with you with that, because it's a very open year. We haven't talked about the Tuesday of Punchers Town with Delta Work. Oh, sorry, yeah. So, it's... There's, that was easy as well. That was line, ridiculously there's four easy. Li- farm lines with that, and I wouldn't. I don't. I think the track didn't really suit to Alboom Photo. I think the stiffer test will certainly suit him. So uh, I wouldn't say Ken Boy has got a serious chance next season. But if he develops even more from this season, he, he will certainly be bang there. Yeah, we'll just touch on Delta Work as well, who was the easiest winner of the week, and I uh, say there are four novices. The, the you know the two who finished ahead of him in the RSA and lost in translation who look like genuine Gold Cup contenders for next season. Yeah, it, it's a, a Gold Cup to really get excited about, to be honest. And finally, the, the one I'd, I'd just like to give a mention to Gypsy Island as well, winner of the Mez Bumper last night. She looks like a proper, proper weapon. Serious, serious animal as well. I just put put my input in zero ten. I was really impressed with zero ten's performance. Yeah. Cruised around, jumped. Slightly badly early on, but picked up the bridle uh, later on in the race and, and ran a really solid race. Yeah, that's a, that's a good shout, Jim. Again, a qu- quick mention as well to 007, who won who won the Guinness Handicap Chase yesterday as well. Uh, I like to see British trainers do well and be rewarded when they, when, when they bring the horses over to Ireland. I'd, I'd like to see it happen more often than it does so well done to Nicky Henderson uh, for getting a winner of a major handicap there today, Jim. I mean, we'll have to be quick because, again, I'm not sure whether this will actually be out by the time these races have happened. The champion stayers heard a line with Bapom. He's a short price, 2-1 to one favourite now, but if he does what he's been doing this season, he should win. Yeah, you could see that, but I'm with Bacardi. I think uh, if he stays on his feet, he doesn't act like a bit of a monkey. I think Bacardi's will be solid. Yeah, he's, he's the one I'm most scared of. And the Ryanair novice chase, Defi de Soy versus Duke de Geneva. Is this a match race? No, uh, I'm with... Uh, Chacon. Chacon. Bonsoir. Uh, I was really impressed with his debut in a beginner's chase at Nace, and I, I think he's an exciting prospect. And he, I think these two have had a fairly hard season, and I think he's a fresher horse, and he could possibly perform better here. I think Defi de Soy is just the best horse in the race. Do you think, Back down to does two the, miles. Does the two-mile... No. No. no, he was quick enough to win a triumph. No, I just think Defi de Soy is the best horse in this race. Uh, we'll move on to the Friday. Starting with the Punchestown champion hurdle. I mean, it's a messy race. It's Bouverdere, Apples, Jade. Both have something to prove. Super Sunday, winner of the entry hurdle last time out. Easy strip on the sharp side for him. Uh... This is a watch race for me, Jim. I, I can't have a bet. If I was, I'd probably be with Melon. If I, if I was to have a bet, I'd probably have the field against Bouverdere and Apples Jade. I, I I think I don't fancy him whatsoever. I, I'd rather have the field. And I know that's an awful statement to make, but I I, I can't touch him. It's, it's a really interesting race in in a different sense to how the Punchestown Gold Cup was. Because these horses here who are coming in with things to prove. Yeah, it's like a recovery mission, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. For a lot of them. For a lot of them. Uh, the champion novice hurdle. I mean, that should, is that just City Island turns up and wins? Or are you scared of Reserve Tank and Battle Over Dion? And we both like Reserve Tank, don't we? And oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'll probably back him. But I don't. he'll have to improve a lot more on that entry performance even though it was impressive to beat City Island, I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely there, Jimbo. And finally, on the Saturday, the, there's two races there. The, the Mayor's Hurdle, which includes Benny de Dieu. I mean, that is literally her. She turns up and wins that if she wants to set anywhere near the level she did at Cheltenham. And finally, the four-year-old hurdle. That's an interesting race. Fusel Raffles and Fakir Duderi. French maid as well. Yeah, I, I'd i be with Fakir Duderi to beat Fusel Raffles. Would you? Um, I, I was very, very impressed with uh, Fusel Raffles' performance in uh, at Sundown and possibly could be the superstar in the division that we haven't quite seen as much of. 
Yeah, that's a good show. Um, b- before we before we go on to reviewing the action at Sandown over the weekend, which of the horses Ruby has been associated with over the years? Do you have the biggest soft spot for you know which which of Ruby's horses captured your imagination the most? Corto Star, it'd have to be. His his rides on Corto Star were unreal. Swashbuckling, what it? it was always exciting to watch. I mean, f- for me, nothing will get close to peak for him. Yeah, just the most impressive hurdler I've ever seen. Yeah, when you know when on all cylinders. Yeah, those those two three years where he nigh on unbeatable. You know, and say so he's still a bloody good, bloody, bloody good horse after he's had his problems. Yeah, for he and the machine. For the the me. thing with me is, as soon as you say Corto Star, I say Ruby Walsh. Yeah, it no. is. It's like a partnership. Yeah. yeah, they were they were the partnership growing up, watching the early Cheltenham festivals in my years. <laughs> Them two were the go-to people, and even my mates. At last Cheltenham and Cheltenham's before. What's Ruby riding? What's Ruby oh, riding? Is, yeah. That's that's all they care about. That is, what is Ruby Walsh riding? Yeah. And then next next Cheltenham, the, it's going to be like missing an arm. It is. It is. You, you see, you're not wrong there. The amount of the amount of people like once year punters who who just have an interest in the festival and the Grand National. So many of them say to me, "Just back. I just back Rubies." Yeah. And it's it's going to be weird not having him around, but. A cracking man for the sport, a cracking person, and we'll miss him very much. Right, moving on uh, to looking at the, the prior weekend's action at Sandown, and as we talk about the best jockey, let's talk about the best horse. Altior, 19 in a row, world record, surpasses this big bucks to win the celebration chase. What is this for the third year in a row? Yeah. Uh, beating Soul Royal. I mean, this is this is ridiculous. Although there is something to talk about with Altior now. Finally, the King George is now the target. Finally, they've they've answered the questions, and and we saw here again. He just hit that little bit of a flat flat spot. He, he, he didn't quite jump out as markedly this time, did he? No. Um, so Royal. It would have been interesting to see if. He hadn't have made that that error three out. Well, I won't say it was an error, but it was just a it was slower at the fence to see if Sora would have got any closer. But Altior powered as he always does up that hill, and he's going ten next season, and it'll be really exciting prospect to see him go to the King George with probably a serious chance in what could be a really hot year for the three mile division. I mean, Altior, he's four to one. For the King George next December, Jim, do you think that's a backable price? Well, if you think about it, yeah, because I don't think he'll be that on the day if he turns up and if he's got a, he's had a, some decent trials. Because I think he'll definitely stay. I'm, I'm 100% sure. I think he's a three-miler. Do you think? No, I'm, I'm, I'm not as confident on that as you. Oh, I do. I, th- I think he'll stay. I, th- I think he'd stay in the Gold Cup distance as well. I, I'm pretty sure about that. He's, I, I don't know why. He's a high chaparral. Um, sometimes there's these freaks, and he's a freak. And no matter what you throw at him, I think I think he could probably jump over it. What what route would you go with him next year? How would you campaign? I think they started him in the Tingle Creek. They want to Tingle Creek, then go then King George. Not go Betfair. No. <laughs> throw him in at the deep end. God no. Go for the triple crown. <laughs> the, the, the thing with Altior is, I'm sure he he stays he stays two and a half very well, and he probably would stay free but there's a difference between staying free and staying free at a quick gallop at championship level yeah and although Kempton's a sharp track you know it still does take staying I think he the, wants the, a lead though the I, amount of the amount of oh yeah I can, I can understand that but the amount of horses who have been mega effective over shorter Politologue Fox Norton Vortuar Masterminded They've all been beaten in the King George. Yeah. You know, by stronger stayers. So, would you, San, would Santini and Altior run against each other in the King George? Would you run Santini in the King George? I don't know. I wouldn't like Santini in the King George. I'd, I, he's, he's, he doesn't like that track, does he? No, it won't, it, he wouldn't be suited. I, could, I, I think Santini would be more of a, you know, 
Lexus horse or whatever the race, yeah, that race is called. It'd be now. nice to see if they can. We need to start going over there and going for their great ones. their races like they're stealing all of ours. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, Altior just just exceptional. I was having this discussion as well with with a one of the Timeform fellas on Tuesday. Uh, if Altior wins the King George, then the Gold Cup because surely he's not going to run in a Ryanair. No. He wants to win the Ryanair. Exactly, but that's that's but the thing with the Gold Cup is that's another two and a half furlongs around Cheltenham on a on a, you know a more undulating course. You might as well go for it, mightn't you? Do you? Oh, I'd and then retiring, go out, go out in flames. You just like retiring everyone. <laughs> if Jesus, if you were in charge of racing, there'd be no horses left because you'd just retire them all after three runs. <laughs> uh, it's not like he's had three runs, is it? Well, if, if if you can't win a gold cup and then retire immediately, don't say Don Cossack. But <laughs> I was just about to say him as well. Uh, but the, I I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm a little bit. I've still got more reservations. Yeah. About stepping him up in trip, I could see why they're doing it, but also, I don't quite see the point because he's still the best two miler around. Yeah. You know. He's not been at his best the last twice. He's still won. And I've still never seen a horse as strong in a finish as LTR. So, look, if he were mine, he'd be going for Queen Mother again. He'd be going for three Queen Mothers in a row. Mm, boring. No point being boring. Go out there. Go for go for the King George and see what will happen. It's all about the streak, Jim. It's like the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Yeah, but we want the streak. Yeah, but then Brock Lesnar someone always ruins it and, and go on then. Who is who which horse is likeliest Duke to be Brock, Geneva, to no. be Brock Lesnar? Um to break Altior's unbeaten streak. Surname who will be going for the King George, do you reckon? It'd be interesting. I I I, I quite like surname sharper chat like that. Uh, he's not confirmed to say three miles or either. No. I, I know, I've heard a lot of people say this week, you know, oh, Altior will have to face surname in, in the King George. Surname's a two and a half miler. Yeah, so certain horses they're going to have to just go go for the King George, aren't they? There's a lot of question marks because it'd be interesting to see if they bring Delta work over. Uh, lost in translation, as we talked about, it might be a bit sharp for him. Um I'm sure they'll give Native River another go this season, another campaign. Oh, yeah, not probably not in the King George though. But You'd go if, for Lexus with him, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, there's a lot of very, very, very good three mile chases around. You know, I think at the start of not this year, last year, there was a question mark. I th- I, yeah, I, th- I think me and you were almost saying weirdly. The staying chase division doesn't look particularly strong. Mm. God, how that's changed in two years. And even if you could see horses like Kalashnikov, I think Kalashnikov will get three miles. And even we throw in presenting Percy from this season. Yeah. If, if he's got fitness. if he's got a strong campaign, I won't. I, I've knocked him, but I won't rule him out. There's there's a there's a good fifteen horses that could probably win the Gold Cup next year, and it's really exciting that, that to you see. could make a case for. Yeah, yeah, completely. I agree, but I say I am one of. I'm a huge Altior fan. He's pretty close to my favourite horse in training. And, God, he's brilliant. But please don't let him get beat. Please don't let him get beat. Uh, but it's a fascinating prospect, him being stepped up in trip. It really is. Uh, the traditional curtain closer of the season is the Bet365 Gold Cup, formerly known as the Whitbread, as all the old boys like to call it. Uh, and talk is cheap, the novice, I mean... If you were looking for an unexposed angle into it, this had been the one. He's won it by 10 lengths, but in reality, it was easier than that. Yeah, uh, really impressed with Tarkish Cheap. He, he let me down early on in the season and on the losing to on the blind side, I think it was. And then I've, I've never forgiven him for that, for that effort since. And he's run an absolute cracker. Uh, I, I was, there were slight question marks about him staying. I, I wasn't, I wasn't, Strong on him staying the the three mile and two distance, but it it he smashed it out of the water and he won impressively. I thought, yeah, beating the two previous winners, the Young Master and Step Back, who both both ran good races in second. Young Masters ran well. a cracker. I backed him. He, he smashed the uh, 
he smashed the first early on. Yeah. And made a right error and then got back into the race. He, he went for home three out and fair dues. He, he obviously didn't have enough in the tank bumped to just into, get home. Bumped into one who's evidently very well handicapped. I mean, Jim Talkie's cheap won this off one four five. He's now up to one five seven. <sighs> which is only two pounds below Delta work. Oh dear. So what do we do with him next season? I mean the Grand National would have to be Well he'd get in now, wouldn't he? Oh he'd have got in he'd have got in off one four five. Yeah. But he'll be in the top five in the weights. Mm. I mean you could see him starting off in something like a Ladbrook's trophy. Yeah. Not the H word. Uh I, I could see him running. I think that's that. ruined him now. That mark, that, he, he can't it's made do, life a lot harder. He can't do anything because he's too high in the handicap and he's not good enough to be graded unless he progresses next season. I mean, sh- it, it'll have to be the good graded handicaps. Yeah, like the Ladbrokes Trophy and the Grand National. Bet Victor. That's over two and a half. No, he's got form over two and a half. Yeah, no, he looks a strong stayer to me. Do you think? Won't, won't, won't like him. Won't like him in a race over that distance. But yeah, I, I, I just kind of tend to think the handicapper sometimes can get carried away with performances like this. Because it was a, because would it be, you say this was a strong field? Uh, seasoned. Because I wouldn't say it'd give him a mark of that high. It, it was a season for look. He's been I know he's been beaten by Labagoa twice this season. He's finished behind, lost in translation. Uh, they are the horses who would be rated around one sixty. I'd I'd I think lost in translation could give three pounds to Talkies cheap and a beating every day of the week. Yeah, I um, I agree. Lost in translation wins everything. <laughs> You're the wrong person to discuss this with. Really, <laughs> but, give me a coppers run fairly well. I'll give. I'll, I'll eat my humble pie, and say that he's ran well. He stayed on strongly. He's an interesting angle for the national, I think, next year, because he looked outpaced and he made a few slight jumping errors, and then he stayed on strongly. I looked at the top of the picture, and he was plugging on well. So, give me a coppers ran better than I rated him in my head. Yeah, fair enough, Jim. Fair enough, but a really, really nice winner. Yeah. The bet three six five. Uh, the Oxy Chase, uh, first ride back for Bryony Frost, is a winner on her old friend Black Carton. And I mean, for a horse who's been consistent without winning this year, he's deserved this. Paul Nichols has found an ample opportunity for him. And he's delivered. Yeah, he's done really well. And it's nice to see Black Carton get his head back in front because last season has allowed him not to win as many races this season because he was so highly handicapped and this race sort of set up for him. It was a fairly weak contest, I thought. Yeah. Uh, and he's been shown to be the great horse that he is. I, I was confused with the colours. Uh, doesn't he normally have a red cap and he was wearing a white cap at the weekend? Yeah, uh, it, that, that's it. The Andy Stewart family of uh, the red was their part of it. Right. And they're no longer in partnership. It's the Brooks family and Jeremy Kyle now. Oh, right. So, the, so they're, they're, they're the new they're the new. It confused me because they had an old guard. was old guard running. Yeah. And, and I was like, they both ran in the same colours. Oh, and, and I was wondering why they both had a white cap and instead of a red. Yeah, uh, the, the the bottom half of the sleeves is light blue yeah. now instead of red as well. Oh, right. But yeah, that has to be black corn. I don't think there's very much else to discuss from this race, to be fair. Surely, again, similar to Tokyo's cheap races like the, you know, the Charlie Hall and the Ladbrokes Trophy. Look ideal for him again this season, a yeah. very, very similar route. Speaking of horses, though, who, I mean... Look very, very, very eye catcher exciting. Of the week. An eye catcher of the week. Back one of the, one of the one of the early ones. Back in December, after he won at Exeter, getaway Trump now up to a mark of 155. Won the novice championship hurdle final of 147. I mean, Jim, if they go novice chasing with him next season, you've got an absolutely fascinating proposition. Yeah, there. he's a it, big unit. He looked like he graded horse in a handicap here, didn't he? Didn't he? Yeah. And he certainly looks like he'd he'd do a lot better for a fence next season. He's had a hard, busy season, and he's he's missed out Cheltenham and Aintree, which are the two obvious festivals, but he's been shown that he's one of the best around this season, and I, I think he's 
rated fairly. I think this was quite a decent race. There was a few in it I liked. And I think that next season he could be a serious animal over fences. Yeah, I mean, to put this into context as well, getaway Trump was conceding uh, £11 to second top weight. Yeah. You know... I think he'll stay further as well. I think he'll, I think I'd be quite happy. I think he'll get two and a half miles. Two and a half miles could, in time. I, I could see him being a three mile chaser. Could you? In the future, yeah. He's, he's a big, big, yeah, stout animal. But he's got enough speed to compete mm. over Ar- two miles around these sharp tracks as well. Yeah, th- th- this is a good novice hurdler. Mm. Not not quite had the the usual the usual route taken by ones of his ability. But I think it's clear to see. I think a mark of 155 is probably about right for him. Yeah. About where he is at the minute. Yeah. And, yeah, his horse, I really look forward to going into next season. And finally, Jim, the last graded race of the year was the select hurdle at Sandown. The race uh, no one cared about. Yeah, but... Apart it, from it was the Raving Black retirement do. Yeah, Raving Black's been a cracking horse as well for Oliver Sherwood. You know, you ran some good races in defeat as well in his time. <laughs> Didn't, uh, didn't, he didn't used to bully him in the elite hurdle. He used to go off a right gallop and they wouldn't stop him. I, I used to love Raving Black. And yeah, I want to say he gave he gave Bouvedere a race a couple of a couple of years ago, didn't he? Uh, in the give Bouvedere a medal race, the contenders hurdle. Yeah, but you know he he has been a, a cracky a cracking horse. You know, bold front runner, tough as old boots, solid Grade Three performer. Yeah, and ha- 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 we hope he has a. Lovely retirement, but might have produced an all right winner in this You Never Call for Kim Bailey. Jim, I say it wasn't the strongest of grade twos, but this looks like a horse. He looked like a horse going the right way earlier this season. Disappointed behind Paisley Park in the long walk, but again, this was a step back in the right direction here. Yeah, it, it, it was a good performance. He got put up a lot in the weight for winning up attempts by 10 lengths, I think. And then he, he bumped into Paisley in the JLT long walk and I I can't be enthusiastic about this also. No. I think it's the weakest race. Black Ops gone at the game. On the blind side, not the hot same horse as he was as a novice. Thomas Campbell's a handicapper. Blue Cavalier's that a handicapper. You are? A handicapper. Yeah. And Mia Storm's alive, alive and well, so that's good. Yeah. Uh, and I take this race with a pinch of salt. I, I, you never call next season. Could be an absolute monster, or could be a donkey. Well, that's a bit of a hard, hard uh, hitting analysis there from Jim Bob Watson. This horse might be bad, or he might be good. Yeah. Uh, he's clearly not bad. He's, this is why won, you he's, listen. He's won a grade. He's won a grade two, but again. Look, this wasn't a good grade two. Seven runners and five of them were rated lower than 147. That that probably sums it up. I mean, as we'll come to the end of it, Jim, your highlight of the jump season. But we'll have horse of the year and highlight of the year. I think I'm going to go highlight of the year. Bristol Demiwin in the Betfair Chase. I thought that was a really, really solid performance and he's a real Haydock specialist. And, and and I can tell by the shock on your face that you really weren't expecting that. No, but I can I can kind of see where you're coming from because it was all the big guns tur- all the big guns in Britain turned up to the first dance of the year, it, which it, doesn't happen too often. No, we saw Clandizobo. It, it was a real early season treat. Yeah, we saw Clandizobo, Thistlecrack, uh, Native- Ma- Mike Bite, and Native River all compete, and Bristol the Mai beat them comfortably. I'm, I'm yeah. He he. That's the highlight of the season. That was one of my favourite races this season because I was there. I really couldn't wait to watch it. And well, you, you probably had at the time the five leading staying chasers in Britain. Yeah, taking each other on. It's pretty similar to the Tingle Creek, where it was. If you were to say who who at the time looked like the four most exciting two mile chasers around, all of them turned up for that. Yeah, yeah. We we have been lucky this season. We we have had. They've all turned up against each other and give each other a right ding dong battle. Yeah, and your horse of the year, Jimbo? Of course. Has to be. Paisley Park. The the real bio of this season. Uh, and I can't wait to see him progress even more next season in the Stayers division. Yeah, he's, he really, really has been a huge success story this year. Uh, for me, my highlight of the season has to be the Tigers' second Grand National. The, the sport's most high-profile horse winning the sport's most high-profile race for the second time. Say, the first since Red Rum. 
I mean, you, you all know about it. There's no point in me going into detail again yeah. because everyone on earth knows the story. But the pleasure I got from that, you know, it, it was a lot, a lot more than I get off from a lot of things, really. Mm. That sounded quite seedy, that, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> what, what, what? Yeah, pick your words. Better. Move on. Yeah, uh. move on swiftly. Although under so winning, winning earlier in the week, I, I love that as well. I just, just that horse just makes me smile. And my horse of the year is Altio. Yeah. The record breaker, the unbeatable. It's like, do you watch Game of Thrones? No. Oh. We have Daenerys Targaryen, mother of dragons, breaker of chains, queen of the great, Khaleesi of the great grass sea, etc., etc. She has about ten different titles. That's what Altior should have. Altior, the unbeatable, the unstoppable, the I can brown. See, I can see his mind ticking there. He was thinking of something, trying to be funny. And no, I wasn't. I just literally couldn't think the of The brown Altior. I couldn't think, mate, I can't think of any other words. Brilliant. The brown, <laughs> the brilliant, you see. Stop. Stop now. Stop. Oh, mate, but yeah, it's, it's all Altior for me. Brilliant, brilliant horse and... What God, season I, it's been. God, I, I hope, I hope the streak continues next year. That's it for the jumps, unfortunately. Time to focus on the this weekend, the 1,000 and the 2,000 guineas. And obviously the place to start is the first classic of the season, the 2,000 guineas, a mile down the rolling mile, and the best price is 7-2 favourite Magna Grecia for Aidan O'Brien, 5-1 to one his stablemate, 10 sovereigns. I mean, there's been a lot of market support for Magna Grecia this week. 15 to 2, Mad Moon and Skardu, 8 to 1, advertised 10s, Royal Marine, 16s, Al Hilla Lee, 20s, set piece, 25s, great Scott Kikon. I was going to say Kikon Kikon, but that's a That's, that's a, a completely horse. different that's horse. A, that's a horse owned by the Rooney's user. Yeah. Who's not very good. Uh, Urban Icon, and then bigger prices, the remainder. I mean, Jim, you know it's a big field, 19 runners for a classic. We'll start with a favourite Magna Grecia, Jim. I'm going to put it out there. I think he's the most likely winner. Do you think? I think he's just the most solid horse in the race, and I find it hard to knock him out of the first three. I think the form from the Verton Fatuity Trophy is very, very solid. Uh, just run through that. Magna Grecia won. Phoenix of Spain, being behind two down hot in his two-year career. We've not seen him run yet. Western Australia forms fairly solid. Great Scott finished fifth. He's had a nice trial in finishing second at Newbury in the Greenham. Greenham. Yeah, the, the winner of that Mohafa, he's out injured. So we won't be seeing him at Newmarket. Kick-ons won at Newmarket. Won the field then. Won the field then. Turgenev, we thought at the time, was a possible superstar sort of let down. Dashing Willoughby and King Ottokar ran in a nice Newbury maiden. Uh. Conditions race. Conditions race, sorry, and, and finish first and second. That's that's. Yeah, I mean, they'll both they'll both look to have chances in derby trials. So I agree. I I think that form's very strong, and I can see where you're coming from with Magna Grecia. It's just a question mark. Will he might he might need the run? Does that concern you? Aidan O'Brien's a master, though. Yeah, isn't not really, not really. I'm looking to oppose him though because he's the favourite. I think he's the right favourite, though. Mate. He is. He is now, in a windy, windy year, isn't it? It, it it's let down a lot because too darn hot out. Uh, well, do, do you think the only horse who beat Magda Grisha and he went down a neck by per, to the Persian King on only his second start, not even two weeks after his debut? Persian King would be favourite for this. Yeah, if you were running, I'd be all the over French Persian horse. King. Uh, Godolphin have made the wrong choice, I think. But by that, and and if if if, if you go by that token. He's just a proper, properly good horse, surely. Yeah, I, I, I think he thoroughly deserves to be favourite, but he's not one that I'll be backing. He's, too, he's too short for me in, in what is a 19-runner race. Yeah, I, I think he's short enough at 7-2 best price, but I, I understand I understand why he's favourite, and I think if you were to look for a horse you know, to run well in the Guineas and then go on to run well in the Derby, you know, Australia, you know, a similar yeah. vein to that. I think Magna Grecia's got to be one of the, I mean, got to be one of the ones on the front end. Yeah, understandable. Uh, what about Ted Sovereigns? 
unbeaten. But his campaign, he's, I mean, he's second favourite. Winner in the middle parks uh, back into last season on Future Champions Day. You know, a, a proper Group 1 horse last season. But his pedigree's all speed. Yeah, he's a Commonwealth Cup horse, isn't he? In my opinion. Uh, By we, no nay never out of an exceed an XL mare. We saw Calix absolutely tear up the track yesterday. I want to see these two take each other on in the Commonwealth Cup. I don't. He's. I don't think he'll be anywhere near. In my opinion, I think ten sovereigns won't want an undulating mile. No. Uh, and it, 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 I say it I can see why they're going for it. He's three from three. You might as well, mightn't you? But I, no, I don't think he'll stay. At, at Newmarket, you'd always prefer a horse who would want a bit further in time. Just get one than, mile two in. Than a horse who wants a bit shorter. Yeah. It's it's a mile, but it takes staying. Yeah, that, that steep incline at the finish is quite difficult to get up, isn't it? Yeah, and as we've said, the amount of times, you know, horses run well in... I mean, it's the old saying that the best derby trial is the Guinness. Mm. And we saw Nassau last year, didn't we, in Roaring Lion? They, they, that produced all the top class three year form of last season. Yeah, I like ten sovereigns, but not for this race. Yeah, not for this race. I mean, I, I'm looking for a reason. I've, I think he's a very, very quick horse, but his pedigree to me says sprinter. Yeah. Pedigree says he won't stay, and the way he races doesn't suggest any different to me. Yeah. Uh, oh, there was a fifteen to two. Then both uh, Kevin Prendergast, Mad Moon. And Scardu, the winner of the Craven Gym, out of the two of them, who would you like most? I think I'd be Mad Moon, and I've slowly changed my opinion. Uh, he finished second to Never No More in the Bally Lynch, which is a listed 2,000 guineas trial. And I, I thought that he travelled into the race well, and he looked like he just needed the run. Yeah, never know more had the benefit of fitness, didn't he? Yeah. He already ran that season. And, and probably a bit of a quicker horse than Mad Moon, I could see. Slightly, that. yeah. And that was over seven. This is over a mile. I think that he, he's beat Broom over a mile, and Broom was very, very impressive when winning the Bally Sacks. So I'd be willing to give Mad Moon another chance. Scardu, course and distance winner, won the Craven. Normally, that's a decent indicator towards you'll be there or thereabouts in the guineas. You can poke holes at the form, can't you, with Momkin finishing second, who's at bigger prices in this race, who got beat at Foss Lass, so at one to seven. So you can poke holes, but Mad Moon would be a decent each way price, if I'm, if where I stand from at this moment in time. Fair enough, fair enough there, Jimbo. I'd I'd probably prefer Scardu. Yeah. I, I I think his ceiling is very high. I like look, to be fair, I wouldn't rule either of them out. Yeah. I wouldn't because I say Mad Moon should have won at Leopardstown, really, mm. based off what he was doing in his two year old two year old campaign. And it was almost not a step forward, but just as you know, a standing still, really. He didn't show any progression that day. But you could make excuses for as to why he was beaten by Never No More. Yeah. So you could expect him to be a better horse here. I quite like Scardu though. Yeah. I, I do. I, I I was impressed. I was impressed in the Craven, and even though he only beat Mobkin by an I think he probably had a little bit more than that in hand. Yeah, I, I can agree with you. you giving a very good ride. And only his second start. I mean, of the juvenile form, surely advertise has to be up there as we one of the favourites you know second to two down hot in the uh, Dewhurst but before that he'd gone over to Ireland and won the Phoenix Stakes winner won the July Stakes was second to Calix in the Coventry I mean again not tested over any further than seven furlongs but if he stays he'd got to be a he's got to have a huge chance although I said he's by showcasing who is Speedy. A, a sprinter's sire, really. Would, would, would that worry you, Jim? It, it does slightly. Frankie's two from two on him. Uh, so that's a positive. Frankie's riding out of his skin at the minute. We saw his ride. He had a treble yesterday at Ascot. So, Advertise does have... I thought he stayed well in the Dewhurst. Um He sort of kept on. 
and I wouldn't quite rule him out just yet. I'd be willing to just risk him to run him over a mile and then see where he goes from there. He, he might have grown up a bit more. And I think he, he's, he's probably he's the lead candidate for me from England. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand the disparity in price between him and, and, and 10 sovereigns. Oh. You know, this advertise is three points bigger. When the form he's shown is arguably as good. Yeah. As ten sovereigns is, but again, it's the uh, it's the stamina doubts. You know, he he's shaped more like a horse who'll stay than ten sovereigns. But I'd say, look at his pedigree. He's he's by showcasing who is a quick, you know, an influence for speed, and his dam has only briefly produced sprinters. He he's a year younger brother to Flavius Titus, who won a six furlong handicap yeah. at the Craven meeting. Mm. So. I, I'd like I like advertising, but that 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 would be the doubt. That would be the doubt. Uh, any of us at bigger prices than Jim Al Hilla Lee's been supplemented by Godolphin for this after winning both his starts last season. One on the July course, and then he went over and won a listed race in Deauville. Royal Marine disappointing so far this season, but was handled fairly considerately by Sumi on last time out in the Craven. Yeah, one at a bigger price, and I think we're all ruling him out a bit. Great Scott. I knew you were going to say that. I'm a massive fan of this horse. I think if the ground turns up a bit and there's a bit of dig in it, I, I, he, I think he'd prefer to run on softish ground. He's got form on good to firm and good ground. He won early on in his career. He's second in the green and was a solid behind the horse that I can't pronounce who's missing this race. Uh, I think the extra furlong won't make a difference and I think he's a decent each way chance There'll be f- if there's five places out there I think he's a steal for five places he looks to me the sort of horse who could run in this and then go on and run well in another derby trial yeah you know if if, if they turned him out in time for the Dante I could see Great Scott being the sort of Dante horse because I think he'll stay a mile and a half yeah or a mile and a quarter although again he's by Requinto who's a speed sire but you'd be looking at what Great Scott has done on the track and said he's a horse who will, who will stay further. Yeah, I, I think Great Scott's got a massive future and I, I think he's overpriced at 25. Who wins the Guineas for you, Jimbo? I think Magna Grecia wins it, but he's not a backable price. I'd be with Mad Moon and Great Scott. Magna Grecia's the one for me, although if I was to put up one, if I was to put up an alternative at the prices, it'd probably be advertised. Although, again, I wouldn't rule out as an outsider set piece third in the Craven. You know, that was only his uh, third career start by Dan Silly. So, you know, and he was staying on that day. I, I could see him running into Yeah, the more and more I look at this, the more and more I think that Magna Grecia is going to win. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he just is the most solid candidate. Yeah. And his form is probably... I mean, if not the best, the giant best in the race. Yeah. Master trainer, bring him there first time. Simple as that. Yeah. So we we both like Magna Grecia for the uh, 2,000 guineas. The day after is the first Phillies Classic, the 1,000 guineas, and they bet best odds, 11-4 to favourite, Caballo, Ferrojaveri, and the winner of the Nelguin, obviously, last week. 6-1, to one, Skitter Scatter. 7's Just Wonderful. 8's Fairyland and Iridesa. 10s for Dandu, 12s Moju, 16s Lady Kea, and then 20s and bigger the remainder. Jimbo, we'll start with a favourite, Kabala. She won the Nelgwyn really well, and I mean, to say her only two-year-old win was in a maiden, there's bundles of potential with this one. Yeah, the form was all there in the Nelgwyn last time, uh, wasn't it? Uh, more, More juiced who's also running in this, uh, finished, uh, had won the oh, oh so sharp early on in the uh, year, uh, late on in the year last year. So the form's there. Uh, David Egan keeps the ride, which is good for him. He's only a young upcoming jockey and needs to make his name on a certain horse. And I think this, this could quite easily be the one. Far too short. Again, 11 to 4 for me. There's so many runners in this and and to have a 11 to 4 5 to 2 in places favorite it would not really be my fancy if i'm being honest she has the standout form 
she's got the potential to improve even more, but it's, it's just whether she can. And there's some serious, serious animals in this skitter scatter we'll move to. Yeah, uh, Katia, two-year-old filly of the year last season, Three, uh, won all of the last three starts of Group 3 Silver silver Flash Stakes and she won the debutante stakes at the cover over seven and then the Moyglare stud uh, I mean she probably has the best two-year-old form now with John Ox she was with Patrick Prendergast last season uh, they've merged haven't they have they yeah they've merged so John Ox and Patrick Prendergast now share the stables together ah that makes sense been ten years since we last saw John Ox's absolute superstar do his business on this day that was the first better than I mean that, see the stars for me was the first better than Frankel. superstar I remember oh I've got a lot more affection for see the stars oh I love uh, see the stars Frankel. yeah but this filly's pretty good Jim uh, should stay even though she, she's my scat daddy but on a damn side there's stamina uh, you'd have to give her a chance yeah won the my glare Last season, which is the main trial, isn't it, for the 1,000 guineas, in my opinion. Comfortably beat Lady K, who re-opposes here. I think the distance is no problem. And I think Skitter's got to run a, run a solid race, I think. Yeah, fair enough, Jim. The next two in the market are the Aidan O'Brien pair, Fairyland and Just Wonderful. I mean, uh, with Just Wonderful, she was beaten by Skitter's Scatter in the Moyga, probably flopped a bit that day but then was back on form two in the Rockfell and wasn't disgraced when fourth in the Breeders' Cup. Yeah. Um, she'd had a busy campaign, hadn't she? Uh, seven runs, which is a typical of Aidan O'Brien in a two-year-old career. If he's got a good one, he'll run it. Uh, and I think that Just Wonderful's got, got a really nice profile. I'm not 100% sure that she wants a mile. Uh, I think seven to seven six would be more up her street, but said no, Brian. You could never rule him out, could you? Very well bred. I remember a damn wading, who was a who was a good horse raider, no, Brian. You know, graded class horse. So I, I I could see the case that although I'm <sighs> is she a bit exposed? Yeah, and she's not got the exact flashiest yeah, profile. Yeah, she's not. It's not a sexy profile, is it? Mm, but not as. Not as flashy as iconic choice. Although, although y- you could say the Rockfell she's won has worked out well because Dan Doosan's come out and won the uh, Fred Darling. Yeah. So, I, 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 I think she's short enough that seven to one. Yeah, she's she's not. A, I'd have her at tens if I was being honest. And if she was ten, she'd probably interest me. Yeah. What about O'Brien's other filly then, uh, Fairyland, who's four out of five uh, in her two-year-old campaign, won the Lauva Stakes. And then the Cheveley Park again, though it's similar to Ten Sovereigns, all the forms over six furlongs. She'd buy Kodiak out of a pivotal mare, which again is an influence for speed. If she stays, though, Jimbo, this is the strongest form. Yeah, she's got very, very good form, hasn't she? Uh, you've named them two grade ones. And I think that if she stays the distance, she could be the wow factor of this season. She, She's, I think she went under the radar a bit last season we didn't appreciate her as much as she as we should do and she's beat some nice fillies and I think that if she is to stay this distance she'll be competitive and like you said exactly the same as 10 sovereigns and uh, the other O'Brien one of this is one of Joseph O'Brien's is Iridessa who was beaten by Lady Kea on her seasonal reappearance in the Guineas trial of Pat Leopardstown but again she'd won, she's, she's, she's won the Phillies mile she won the Phillies mile last season Jim uh, what chance do you give her? Again, is she a little bit more exposed because she'd been getting, if she was beaten in listed company prior to winning the Phillies Mile? Do you think that race was very good? I'm not sure with Iridessa where I stand. I, I thought I thought the third to Lady Kea uh, this season was a, a, a decent performance, nice curtain opener. Uh, I think she'll improve, but. Iridesa is not for me in this. I, I'm Carson Distance winner, that's the positive, but she's not got the flashy profile. Yeah, fair enough. Part of the first crop of Wellers ruler of the world who, who won the derby back in 2013. Jeez. I think... Uh, that far back. B- bigger, any of the ones that are bigger prices that you like, Jimbo? I mean, 
Dan Doos, the winner of the Fred Darlings there, Mo Juiced, runner-up in the Nelgwyn, and Lady Kea, who he said won the Guineas trial at Leopardstown. They're the next three down in the market, and then it's bigger prices the remainder, Jim. So, again, does the market have it right, or can you can you give a chance to I'm, any of the bigger prices? I'm going to sound like Tom Dascombe's biggest fan here. Not iconic choice. But that second at Newbury behind Dan Do, another stride and would have won. I thought that was a solid run in the Fred Darling, and she's not exactly got the best form. She was beaten in September. She finished fifth of ten in a new in a uh, class four. She got beaten nursery at Hay Dock in July by Covered Love. Oh my! Um, so I, I think iconic choice obviously progressed. And I think, well, she would have won the Fred Darling with another stride. So I wouldn't rule her out completely. And Angel's Hideaway, another one, exposed one. They're all quite exposed, these fillies, I think, this year. Um, she was slow away in the Nelgwyn that Quabala won. And I th- I'm willing to give her another chance, if I'm being honest. She, she rallied on the outside and didn't exactly get the dream run. The Golden Highway was up the rail. And... She's had nine races. She's only won two, but I won't rule her out at bigger prices. So, Jimbo, we'll make a selection now. Who wins the 1,000 guineas for you? Skitter Scatter. I'm going to be boring and go for the favourites for both of the classics because that's the in-depth analysis we want, but I think Kabbalah's the likeliest winner. Yeah. I, I mean, the impression she made on me in the Nelgwyn last time out was that she was a Group 1 horse in waiting, and I quite liked that race. But again, I think the market has it pretty right. Skitter Scatter would be the one to be most afraid of. Uh, away from the classics, and we're going to talk about the other group races at the meeting, starting with the Palace House Stakes, flying five furlongs uh, to kick the meeting off. And it, again, it's a good race, Jimbo. Uh, they bet Sergei Prokofiev, the three-year-old Fredo O'Brien, 11-4 to favourite. 11 to 2, Mabs Cross and El Astronaut. 7's Major Jumbo and Tarbouche. 8's Judicial. 10's Equilateral. 14's Queen of Desire. 18 to 1 and bigger the remainder. I mean, we'll start with the favourite, Jim. The least exposed horse in the race, Sergei Prokofiev. One unlisted company at Navan last time out. I mean, he's a fascinating contender in this. Yeah, I really like his profile. I, I... Absolutely love this horse. He's an absolute speedball, and they've got. I, I think he's definitely a five furlong horse. Um, he's. Yeah, it was beat, well, he's been beaten on. He's had three starts at six and been beaten on every single occasion. He won the Cornwallis Group Three last season at Newmarket, and he really took my eye that day. He come from the back. No horse can go quick enough for him, and he's an absolute monster. I think. He was third behind Calix uh, in his earlier career Coventry. Uh, in the Coventry, which was a solid performance. I think that he'll take all the beating in what is a slightly weak race, I think. I'm looking to get him beat, mate. Do you think? I'm looking to get him beat. And the horse I'm looking to get him beat with is the really likeable and consistent Major Jumbo, who I think's up to this level. You know, really, really, really consistent in good handicaps Enlisted races last season, you know, he was placed in the Wokingham, placed in in another good race at Ascot over five furlongs, placed in the Scottish Sprint Cup, uh, and then he finally got his day in the sun, won the Sprint Trophy at York uh, last on the right at the back end of last season on his last start. Warmed up for this one, second to Invincible Army in the Camage. You wouldn't be surprised if Invincible Army went on to win group races this season. I think that form is relatively strong, and I, I just I, I think he's he he could be up to this level. Do you think? I think Sir Guy's an absolute monster. I think he's still got so much yeah. progression. He'll be left. getting weight off everyone as well, which is another positive. Yeah, I I think that he I'd take the eleven to four now and run with it. El Astronauta is a horse of a lifetime for John Quinn. Um, absolute speedball. He's harvest the York handicaps. He's so highly rated now, he's having to step up into class. He finally got his listed race at, towards the end of last season at Maison Lafitte, and his second at Musselburgh wasn't disappointing he should have at all. Won. Surely he should have won that one. Oh, it wasn't uh, disappointing. By Tana, uh, 
Tanner Sock was the winner there, El Astronauti second, Tarbush was third. The second and third compete again here. I, I, I don't think... He, he, should could, have, he should have won that. I'm not sure. Uh, but he's an absolute monster of a horse. He'll go out in front, he'll try and lead all the way, and he might just get nabbed here by some classy arrivals. I mean, if we are looking for, for the class act in the race, sure, it's Mab's Cross. You know, runner-up in the Nunfop, then went and won the, uh, the Abbey. She's a proper, proper group one sprinter, Jim. I mean, she'll have to give weight away, but she's the one they've got to beat. They've all got to improve past Mab's Cross. Yeah, only cost three grand, Mab's Cross, which is unreal, as, as to Sergei Prokofiev, who cost 1.1 million. Um, yeah, solid last season. Carson Distance winner uh, as well when winning this race last year. So, you, you In fact, in fact have... mate... The more I look at it, the more I think she's the same price as Tarbouche. Yeah. I don't I don't get you know, I'd I'd rather have her she's the one they've all got to improve past. Yeah. She is the standard and she, setter. And she's five to one. Yeah, the nine stone ten does that not? She's got the penalty, does that not worry you? she's a better horse, isn't she? You know, she's she's an out and out group one winner. You know, and she's she's run consistently in good group ones. Before we move, before we move on and make a selection, how many chances are we going to give Equilateral? No more. That's it. Gone. Beaten in the Camage, then beaten last time in the Abernon. It looks like there's a proper, proper good horse in there, but I don't know. Maybe he's just one that flatters to deceive Jimbo. Uh, Mabs Cross and Major Jumbo are my two to take on Sergey with. Go on, Sergey Prokofiev. Romp on. Yeah, uh, it's it's an interesting race. So. You know, people who listen to this regularly will know I'm a National Hunt fan rather than a Jumps fan. But the races I like most on the flat are these good sprints. Five furlong dashes. Graded sprints are my favourite type of race on the flat, so I'm really, really looking forward to this. Uh, The same day, 2.55 at Newmarket, is the Jockey Club Stakes. And they bet best price, 2-1 favourite, Coronet for John Gosden and Frankie on board. 3-1 Defoe. Falls Young Rascal, those two both probably slightly disappointing in the John Portal last time out. Then 10's Red Verdon, 12's Communique, 16's Mildenberger, 25's Made Up. I mean, Jim, is is the angle of this, if Coronet runs to the level she did last season when beaten by Sea of Class and Magical, she wins? Yeah, Coronet now has never really got the credit she deserves, I don't think. She's mad consistent, isn't she? If, if you look at all of her starts... You just read out the form figures. One one three five one four two five three one two three two two. Unreal figures. Second last year to Magical. We saw what Magical did early on in this season and went and blitzed the field and finished second to Enable in the Breeders' Cup. Ran a cracker in the arc, I thought Magical. Obviously just bumped into one in the Phillies and Mares group one last year on Champions Day. I think if Coronet turns up for this, Coronet wins. Um, the the only slight question mark is Newmarket only ran there once before and that was on a second start when winning the Zetland listed stakes that, that's possibly the only question mark for me and uh, I think that Coronet will get a thoroughly deserved grade too yeah Defoe won this last year but again like Young Rascal in behind probably flopped a bit last time out in the John Potter that looked like a winnable race for the pair of them Uh but if they're back to their best, if, if that if that run was just, you know, slightly below par rather than signs of horses who aren't in good form, both of them would have to have major chances. Yeah, Defoe's a slightly infuriating animal. He got up a nice sequence towards his three-year-old career and then he, he got aimed at the St. Ledger and disappointed. And then since then, he's been consistent. He won the a couple of Group 2s along the way. But last time out, wasn't he self on, on what I thought would favour him? He had good to soft ground. It was a really, really winnable race. Uh, and it was a, a, there was a lot of nice rivals in that. I can put Young Rascal in that category. He maybe just needs a run. William Haggis's horses aren't always ready primed first time out. So I think that these two will give a serious challenge to Coronet. But if the ground stays good, I think that Coronet will take all the beating. Yeah. That's the exact that that's the exact same for me. I think Coronet's the winner. I can see the. Def- I mean, the forward young rascal are better horses than they showed at Newbury last time out. 
but you'd be looking, f- you'd be looking for them to improve from that yeah. massively to beat Coronet. Red Verdon was runner-up in this last year, and he won a conditions race last time out. Uh, but again, probably just needs to improve. Take, yeah, improve, take another step forward. He's always probably been a slightly vulnerable in graded level. Uh, and at the Co- age of six, he won't exactly be flying up the Yeah, jobs. Coronet wins this for me, Jim. Same, Coronet, banker of the weekend. Nice one. And the final uh, group race at Newmarket, well, actually not the final because it's before the 1,000 guineas, this, but the final one we're going to talk about is the daily estates and the bet best prices, 13 to 8, voracious. 5-2 uh, to two last year's 1,000 guineas winner, Billsden Brook. 7-2, to Nyaletti. 13-2, to two, worth waiting. 16's Racima and 25 shenanigans. I mean, the market has voracious down as a really, really strong favourite, Jim. Won the Atlanta Stakes at Sandown. You know, a good group three for Phillies and Mares last season and then wasn't disgraced in the Sun Chariot. She should step forward for four and she's probably the right favourite to beat the Guineas winner. Phillies double. You could do Coronet and Voracious. I think she will take all the beating. Um... Michael Stout progresses his horses through four-year-old, five-year-old. The older they get, the better they get with Michael Stout. He's been patient with her. She's only had six runs ever. Yeah, from a from a proper good Cheveley Park family as well. Uh, her dad was infallible, who who ran for Cheveley Park, and she's by Pivotal, who was you know probably Cheveley Park's flag bearer. Yeah, in so two thousands. Bills and Brook tailed off towards the end after the Guineas success and. Do you think she did? I don't think she ran. She ran badly. She was fourth in the one in the coronation, and then fourth in the Nassau. Stepped up to uh, one mile two. She finished a place ahead of Voracious in the Sun Chariot. But you can Voracious is a sexier profile who's less exposed. Yeah, but if you if you look at that form of the Guineas when she won, she beat Lauren. She beat Happily. She beat Wild Illusion. Them three are solid, like, proper grade one horses. And then she's gone on to reappose most of them there. She's been... Well, she got beat by Voracious in the coronation stakes. I'm, I'm, I think Bilsden Brooks winning the Guineas was a bit of a fluke. Yeah, it probably... I mean, it's head and shoulders above everything she's done since. But what I'm saying is what she's done since isn't as bad as what you make yeah, it out today. Yeah, I, I, I sound very negative on it, but she, she's... Finished fourth in some graded races, which isn't a bad yeah, thing. Yeah, and I say she's last time. I mean, she's met Voracious once, and Bills and Brook finished finished in front. Yeah, but again, is is Voracious a more likely improver than Bills and Brook? That's what you've got to think. Uh, Nyaletti, you know, campaigned pretty busily by Mark Johnston. Was a superstar in the two-year-old career. I thought I thought she had the world at her feet. As a two-year-old, but yeah, she yeah she was, and she was absolutely all over the place last season. She, uh, she, she, she'd ran in Italy, ran in uh, America, Canada, yeah, Germany, yeah, running in Germany, <laughs> all over the place. She ran last season. Her only win in Britain was in a listed race at Goodwood, though, Jim, and she probably needs to take another step forward here. Yeah, she's expos, isn't she? And. Uh, I think we should just move on. That's it. Voracious wins this race. But what about no? Before we do that, we'll talk about worth waiting because she she ran four in she won four in a row last season, and then was finished fourth in the pre May over a mile and a half. I mean, it's interesting that she's in this back down to a one mile one. I th- I think she's, I th- I think she's interesting, but I'm I think she'll lead the run. Um, you look early on in her career, she wasn't exactly ready first time out and was given comfortable rides and uh, I think that sh- she's good but she might just need this she-, she build on whatever she does from this I think yeah I- I- I'm-, I- I'm not saying I think she's a winner pal I just-, I just find it interesting that a horse whose form's over you know mainly over a mile and a half is making a seasonal reappearance over three furlong shots. yeah it's only a well, there's not many runners in this, isn't it? So she might be able to dictate her own way, although her style of running's hold up, so that'll that might not suit in what could be a, a busy sort of a tactical race. Who are you going for then, Jim? Is 
Voracious. Voracious. I'll take her on with Bilsden Brook. Yeah? Yeah, I've, I've, I've got faith. I've got faith in her. But actually, I think the winner will be one of the two. I think Voracious and Nihiletti will dictate up front because Bilsden Brook and Nihiletti, uh, Bilsden Brook and Worth waiting are hold up horses. So I, th- I think they'll get their own way up front. Right. Nice one, Jim. That's all the action in England. And before we go, I mean, we are going to touch on the biggest race in America. Neither of us, if we're honest, Jim, know particularly much about this season's Kentucky Derby. Uh, the, the joint favourites are improbable and Omaha Beach. Will you stay up and watch it, Jim? Because uh, there are a couple of familiar colours. Sheikh Hamdam's got one called Haikal, who's a bit of an outsider. There's a horse in the... Uh, Wertheimer colours called Spin Off. Of course, I'll stay up and watch it. I watch the yeah. Kentucky Derby every year. I, I have a play in it just because I nothing to do with form or anything, apart from last year when I thought Mendelssohn was a cert. Yeah. But Khalid Abdullah's got a horse as well, Tachitus. I'd, I'd I'd probably land with maximum security. Four from four, uh, made all over one mile one in the Grade One Florida, Florida Derby. Yeah, that and I say that race tends to work out quite well, don't it? You get you get good winners of the Florida Derby. Yeah, and I think, give a good spin, I think, and I did like Roadster a bit, but Stall 17 sort of ruled him out. I think he's going to have to get out and get across early on, but I don't have a strong opinion, but he's my selection. Fair enough, Jimbo. I'd, 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 be, I'd be thinking similar. Omaha Beach beat the other joint favourite Improbable last time out by a length, so... I'm not quite sure. Obviously, I've, I've, no, I've never seen any of these races. I probably will watch the Kentucky Derby as well. But I find it interesting that they're joint favourites. Uh, I'd like to see some of the familiar colours do quite well. Yeah. But it, it, is, it is always one of the you know, funniest races of the year, especially for, especially for me going in, not having heard of any of this lot. And if it turns out sloppy like it did last year, and it just rained all day, completely smashed Mendelssohn's chances. And who knows? Could could be another justify. Yeah. Another, another absolute, triple crown. Yeah, I mean it's 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 happened a fair bit, isn't it? American Pharaoh was the first for thirty years, and then the ball's been rolling since then. Yeah, I mean Jesus Christ, you know what I really I saw over there as well. There are horse running around Kempton called I'll, I'll have another, who I think won two legs of the triple crown before he got, I think he got beaten in the. Uh, in the last one, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure why. Where, you know, sure, sure, isn't there a rule in that? Like, surely I'll have another. Was a, a high-profile enough horse for the for them not to allow his name yeah. worldwide? Yeah, so it, it could be. No, that's what I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to go to America and just call all my horses Arkel and Altior <laughs> just to wind everyone up. <laughs> uh, like when the Polish horse called Galileo won the Coral Cup. How did that make sense? Uh, well, we're going to wrap it up there, though. Uh, it's a really, really good weekend of racing action. Guinea's weekend's always one of my favourite of the year. Uh, and it's been a brilliant national hunt season. Uh, thanks a lot for listening to Turf Talk. Don't forget to like, share, give us five stars on your podcast app. And we'll see you all again very soon. See you later.